Hey everyone, welcome to episode 118, How to Raise an Introvert. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, so today I'm gonna talk to you about how to raise or how to care for introverts. Now, your brain will automatically go to all or nothing when you're describing yourself or you're describing your kids or you're describing your spouse. And I want you to remember that everybody has a little bit of both inside of them. And sometimes one is more dominant than the other. And that can change over time. And the percentage can change over time too. So I don't want you to get stuck in these labels of my child is shy, my child's so introverted, my child doesn't have any friends, my child's never gonna go to prom, kind of like what I did with the leapfrog thoughts. I want you to remember that whatever age and stage that they're at, whatever they're showing more of, like being more of an introvert or being more of an extrovert, I want you to know that that evolves and changes over time based on their age, based on their stage, based on their comfort level. And I will also say the more you allow them to be and accept the as is of their temperament and their age and their stage right now, the more they will gravitate towards the other side if it's pretty extreme. Does that make sense? So if you have a child who's super, super, super shy in HSP, which is a highly sensitive person, which I'm going to do another episode about that. And they're just a total feeler and empath and walking on eggshells and scared of their own shadow and climb back in your uterus if they could. A lot of times when you allow them and you honor their introvert nature, the more it won't be so extreme. Because a lot of times when we try to push them to be more extroverted when they're introverted, it backfires and they become actually more introverted. How do I know? Because I did that to Lily the first five years of her life. And Grady too, but he was more of an ambivert where he was a combination of the two. But with Lily, I just assumed that when I had a child that she was going to be outgoing, she was going to have a million friends, she was going to be saying please and thank you at all the birthday parties, I was going to talk to my friends while she went and played with her friends. That didn't happen. And so it actually made me put her in more social situations, stress her out even more, overschedule her even more because I was trying to give her more practice. Because I thought, because I was, when I was a kid, I was super extroverted. My parents would drop me off and I'd be like, peace out, Girl Scout. Although I did have a hard time with sleepovers when I think about it. And I did have a hard time being dropped off at gymnastics now that I think about it. I had a fear, very rational, that if I left my family, my house was gonna burn down and they were all gonna die in a fire. What? Like, where does that even come from, Kelly? But for many, many years, like fifth grade, I had that fear. I remember fifth grade, my friends would ask me to sleep over and I'd say, I don't know, let me go ask my mom or my dad. And I'd run in the house, stand by the door. So I gave a little wait time. And then I would go up to my parents and say, is it okay if Ashley sleeps over? And they'd be like, sure. And then I'd come back out and I'd say, oh, I can't sleep over, but you can sleep over our house. So because my brain was little and still forming, a lot of these irrational thoughts are gonna happen and that's okay. So because I was extroverted as a child and very quote unquote spirited, talked all the time at school, 
you know, all the things. Having an introverted child was so bizarre to me. I was like, what are you doing? Why aren't you playing with all your friends? Why aren't you having fun? You're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to be gleeful. You're supposed to be the life of the party. What are you doing? And I would put her in social settings and then it wouldn't go the way I thought it was supposed to go because of course I had my crystal ball and I had my agenda and I had my manual and it didn't go the way I was supposed to go. So then I would get reactive and then she would shut down more and become even more introverted. And I didn't wake up until she went to South Carolina and visited my in-laws. And they had a lot of downtime because they live in a very, very small town with like one stop sign. And she came back and she was so chill and relaxed. I'm like, where's the uptight little girl who cries about everything? What's happened? And she's like, you know, when we go to grandma and papa's house, things are just more relaxed there. You know, like we do a lot here, but like at grandma and papa's, we didn't do anything. We just sat on the porch and we would rock in a rocking chair and we would look at the hummingbirds. And so whenever I get upset, I just think about the hummingbirds. Okay, she was five. I'm like, wait, what? And it woke me up. Those were my shock paddles. Like I was on Grey's Anatomy and it stopped my heart. It was literally the conversation that changed everything. And so I started looking into how do you honor an introvert? How do you honor someone who's different than you? versus scheduling and overscheduling. And I love this image that has been floating around the internet. It says, how to care for introverts. And one of them might strike you more than others, but listen to them and then we're gonna break them down. Number one, respect their need for privacy. Number two, never embarrass them in public. Number three, let them observe first in new situations. I never did that. I was like, go, go play. Stop hanging on my leg, which made her hang on my leg more. Number four, give them time to think. Don't demand instant answers. I gave no downtime. I was like, let's go, 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 go. Number five, don't interrupt them. Oh, that's a huge pet peeve of Lily still to this day because Grady's a bit of an interrupter. And when he interrupts, I mean, fire comes out of her ears. Number six, give them advance notice of expected changes in their lives. They like routine. They like schedule. They like certainty. Nothing's wrong with that. We all like that a little bit. Number seven, give them 15-minute warnings to finish whatever they're doing. Again, expectations, going slower. They don't like the rush life. They don't like racing out the door. How do I know? Because that's where all our meltdowns happen. Number eight, reprimand them privately. Number nine, teach them new skills privately. Number 10, enable them to find one best friend who has similar interests and abilities. Number 11, instead of throwing her to the wolves and be like, go be friends with all those people. And there's something wrong with you if you're not doing that. And number 12, respect their introversion. Don't try to remake them into extroverts. On a scale of one to 12, if I were to say which ones I did, I would get a 12 out of 12 because I did all the things. Because I was trying to make her in more extroverted because I thought if she was more outgoing and social, number one, I could talk to my friends on playdates. And number two, other people would think that I was a good mom because it was all about me and my ego and my fear of not being good enough. And then what happens is when you allow all 12 and you find the Goldilocks balance between all the things, we don't want to be all or nothing. When we find the Goldilocks balance in these 12 things, and you're not all or nothing, like it has to be all 12 or it can't be all 12, just try one of them. A big one for me was when I said, enable them to have one best friend who has similar interests and abilities. I was like, oh my goodness, here I am sending her all these playdates and be like, go ask for their phone number. We'll set up a play date. go ask for them. And she clung more. When the hummingbird thing happened, and I saw this image, it was like, Eureka, this is amazing. And so the more I allowed her to warm up to places, I found the chill chair for Grady, thanks to my sister. 
Number three, I never did, which was let them observe first in new situations. That's exactly what the chill chair was. I didn't know it at the time because I was unconscious and I was just like, I have to be a good mom. I have to be a good mom. I have to be the perfect mom. I was like a robot and I was just living my life and not honoring who I had in front of me versus who I needed them to be so I could feel like a good mom. It was like that clone parenting all over again. Just because when I was three years old, I was independent, had a million friends, doesn't mean that I have to have a child who's outgoing and has a million friends. And a lot of times the child who's not like us is the one that's going to trigger us the most and it's going to bring up all of our stuff. And the reason why they're ushered into your life is to show you where you need to grow. I was like, huh, when I started to become conscious, maybe we are a little overscheduled. Huh, maybe I do reprimand her in public. Huh, maybe we should offer a buffer time before we leave places and not rush out the door. Maybe I don't have to create an extrovert. Maybe I can let her warm up to a situation instead of throwing her to the wolves. We got to Chuck E. Cheese. I was like, go. And I would literally lecture her on the way. So when we get to Chuck E. Cheese, is, are you going to hang on my leg or are you going to go play with your friends? And she's like, ah, I'm going to go play with my friends. And then I'm like, are you going to do it right away? Or are you going to hang on mommy's legs for 50 minutes? I'm going to go play. I say, because mommy's paying for this. Mommy's paying for you to go play at Chuck E. Cheese. I'm not paying for you to hang on my leg. Like, this is what is going on in my head. And these are things I'm saying to her. The amount of pressure she felt walking into Chuck E. Cheese, which is already like stimulation on crack to a child who needs time to warm up and kind of process what's going on. And is this safe? Is this okay? Kind of like Grady was with the chill chair. He's like, that's a lot going on when I walk in the room. That's a lot of eyeballs on me. And so what happened over time, the more I allowed her to do all the things and warm up and there's no lectures on the way and just accept the as is and then honoring that she might be nervous. So when she's holding on my leg, instead of saying, go play, go play, go play, you're feeling nervous because there's a lot going on here, isn't there? Yeah. And she's like chewing on her finger. And the more I did that and honored her feelings, the more, guess what? She would go off and play and I could talk to my friends and there wasn't a huge jealous streak going through her body because she knew that she did it almost on her terms versus like me throwing her out there and be like, I want to talk to my friends, leave me alone. No, you're going to go play and you're going to make me look like a good mom. And these are all the expectations. Here we go. It sounds crazy in hindsight, but I did it over and over and over. And I had play dates scheduled morning, noon, and night because I was like, well, she needs more practice. She needs more practice. Let's throw her in school. Let's do more play dates. She needs more experience. And what happens is when you allow the child to be who they're meant to be and you allow them to be sensitive and you allow them to be more introverted and you allow them all the 12 things and you take the pressure cooker off their shoulders and you take the tightrope away, what happens is they are more free to fly because they know that they don't have to do anything to receive our Wi-Fi. So they're torn between like, I have this like fear, but I also want you to be happy with me. So I don't know which one to choose. I'm really nervous because I, I want to go play like you want me to, but I feel nervous. So they're like in this tug of war with their own feelings. And that's why they're crying at the drop of a hat because they're terrified to disappoint you or us. They're also nervous and scared to disappoint their own throbbing spirit. And when I read the line in the book, well, actually it was audio, your child has their own throbbing spirit and they're here to teach you where you need to grow. I was like, wait, what? Are you kidding me? That is cray cray. They have their own throbbing spirit. Oh, I'm not raising a mini me. Okay. And then it was like, detach the ego, detach the ego, detach the ego. So we could attach at the heart level. So the more you accept your child for who they are versus who you thought they would be or who you need them to be or who you were when you were their age, the more they are able to spread their wings and fly instead of clipping them like I did for so many years. And that's why I share this so passionately because the more you allow them to be who they are, 
the more they find the middle and they find the Goldilocks between being an extrovert and an introvert. And they're not so extreme one way or the other because none of it matters. You're accepting that as is and they feel that and then their own throbbing spirit can fly like a butterfly. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.